0: You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best known community radio station, 3RRR,
1: 102.7 in Melbourne. It worries me to get further away from the microphone, I was just
0: the, as we're supposed to talk. I was doing the dancing typewriter. You know, going <laughs> down there. Bing, I'm back. Yeah. Dancing For the benefit of the no one other
1: than me, because no one can see you. Hello, Cameron. Yeah, this microphone. Yeah, that's on steroids, isn't it? <laughs> Hello. Someone's giving it Viagraph. <laughs> it's big. It's really big. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, it's making you sit up straight. No, again, no one else can see this. Other I have than me. the
0: Alexander technique uh, of broadcasting, <laughs> which has been a yes. new directive by Three Triple Up. Yes. Um, yeah, we have a new microphone stand in here. Spare microphone for breakfast. Is that a command or is it a statement? <laughs> I'm not sure. We will spare you. Yes. Um, yeah wow this is really weird i'm gonna to have to can i dip yeah ladies and gentlemen welcome to eat it i'd like matt to introduce himself while i just change microphones
1: uh hello i'm matt steadman yeah, yeah. and welcome good? to uh, the afternoon there we go give that a shot hey i reckon yeah. uh, oh, it's better it is better that's much better <laughs> it's
0: it's like the equivalent of wearing platform shoes Oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know uh, 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 RM Williams of yeah. a Cuban heel very strange anyway um, that just casting that aside and yes. moving we, forward we press on. and looking back uh I get a bit more tortured. Thanks to the scientists.
1: Another excellent show. Hi, I was like, going to um, big upsource of the doctors because I said something. They said something today that just crystallised for me. Yes. Just speaking about the Olympics and about, you know, barracking for um, your country. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. how you sort of, people get a little bit uncomfortable about the jingoism and the yes. whole Aussie, 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 oi, oi. Oi, you know, the boganisation of Aussie. Dr. Doolittle said that. What did know, he say? That is basically uh and the racism of the two sides to the same coin. Yeah. And I've never really sort of had it expressed like that before. It makes a lot of sense. I did think that's what makes me very uncomfortable about the whole national flag-waving... Gold! Aussie hungry for gold stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks to the doctors.
0: Yeah, it well, was good. I just want to see the synchronised swimming and the uh, the new blue water once they've emptied <laughs> <laughs> the pool of the green algae. Yeah. And and dare I say it, maybe the only... All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome mm-hmm. to a food show where we're going to talk about sports. Um the only the fact that you had a, a, a the torch relay that had to be surrounded by police with tear gas stun grenades <laughs> um dogs uh helicopters flying overhead because of the uh the people who had this game uh,
1: enforced on them. we could just get it utterly utterly wrong as a species sometimes can't we. Peace and harmony, you're doing it wrong. We're a virus with shoes. Here we go, welcome
0: <laughs> to the show. Ah, and here's Tom with the weather. Um, food, it's uh, it's a good thing. I love it, I'm, I'm all for I'm, it. I'm, who wants to vote for it? Big are up. you with me? Yes, we are. Big it's, up food. Uh, it's, it's all good. And um, I can't wait to speak to uh, the person who's in the green room. Yes. Um, yeah, there he is. Uh, he's still there that's good mm. that's good kent's kept him uh, he's keeping him he's talking to him so that he stays richard cornish uh, a great food journalist and author of what does it say Matt? it's called my year without meat my year without meat and i've got that's a uncorrected unedited I know. copy there. this is this is going to be worth a lot of money one day so this
1: would be good because yes and i've i've mentioned this a couple of times um i eat meat Yes. you Cameron, and this is a decision that I have increasingly struggled with as I move through my adult life, Me as too. you become more and more aware of the suffering that that causes, billions of animals each month, the sentient beings which we are dispatching. Um, yes. so, no, I think it's a very pertinent topic, and I think, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Richard sharing his experiences. And it's a good book, too.
0: Damn right. And, um, I remember years and years ago now, there was mm. a, a food author that was around of some note. Her name was Cherry Ripe. Yes. Um, she had a very, a flippant name, but, um, what she wrote was, was very much considered. Mm. And, uh, there was a, a great book that she wrote in the 90s called Goodbye Culinary Cringe. It's mm. a paperback. Mm. But, wow, it's some really interesting things. And she was one of the first ones who said, rethink the centre of your plate. Yes. Most of the time, if you go to a restaurant, the chefs will whack a great big hunk of protein in the middle of the plate. Yes. And then, oh yeah, we'll need to throw some veggies on there. We'll chuck a starch on there, because everyone loves potatoes.
1: It's the old cultural tradition, isn't it? The whole meat and three veg or two veg or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of culturally sort of where our skippy Aussies sort of started out 50 years ago, but we're, we're evolving progressive creatures. Mm. And geez, the meat lobby, they... Uh, We'd like to think so. The marketeers at the meat lobby have done an amazing job um, making making you think you need meat nutritionally, where you really just don't. Oh, yes, the MLA. Well, it'll be interesting to have a
0: chat too, uh, Richard, about the MLA. Anyway, yes. he wrote a book. It's it's called, my as we said, My uh, my Year Without Meat. It was a little bit longer than that, but we'll find out why. Yes. What was the transgression? Um and uh, we will talk to him ab- about that. We mm. also have uh, coming in someone who we've watched with great interest, friend of the show. Yes. Um, what a career. Uh, an interesting career. Uh, Bartender of the Year. Yes. Um,
1: now currently the...
0: Chief that- Distiller, is that his title? Yeah, and, uh, and now gonna, we're going to
1: try his progeny. From the crafting Co, we're talking about Sebastian Rayborn. Indeed we are. Uh, distiller in residence. Distilling <laughs> residence, yes. <laughs> I wonder if he has like a little redoubt
0: at the top of the place where he lives. <laughs> well, yes, we oh, <laughs> When the up. flag is flying, that yeah, means he's in. in. He's yes. in, and, the dist- and the still is happening. But um, <clears throat> a gin. And we're going to find out. Uh, well, we're going to taste some. We're going we're gonna to taste it. And uh, uh, that wasn't me. <laughs> that was a strange noise me. <laughs> it's from usually me that was
1: I was going to say, uh, the Crafting Co., if you haven't been to check it out there, it's Swiss Street, is it not? Uh-huh. Uh, it's well worth a visit. Because you can why? see Sebastian's still and also lots of other amazing um, facilities they have to produce. Plus the, the pizza's pizza are of, pretty good there too. Plus the pizza's pretty good there too. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, yeah, we, he's on the show, so that'll be good. And, of course, uh,
1: Radiothon ah, is, yes. uh, is coming up, and we, we look forward to that. You know what? Can I, I, I have a mea culpa. I think this is... <laughs> I won't go through the full talk of this story. <laughs> Let's just say I'm not going to be here next week. Uh, I think it's the first Radiothon... After how many years? The first Radiothon show I think I've missed. like Ricky Vengeance, here. but in a reverse. <laughs> it's,
0: you're doing the reverse Ricky Vengeance. And can we explain what that... Can you give the reason for the, the, the Ricky
1: the Vengeance? 30, the 30-second 30 version is I've always wanted to eat at Bray, uh, Dan Hunter's place. And hello, if they are listening, big, big, um, G'day Dan, big, big supporters crew. of what we do here at Triple R. How's the me's going for the night? And uh, so in February, they... Mm-hmm. They opened their accommodation because we've been waiting. He's like, you want to go out there, you want to stay there so you can have the big dinner and the booze and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and so in February, thought, oh, great. Yeah. They've opened the accommodation, let's book it. And I looked for when the next available Saturday night for two was with accommodation. And radiothon. And it was good I've just got
0: just Radiothon.
1: <laughs> and I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't even think. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why i have been here. So just just cast thinking. me adrift So as mu- Radiothon. As much as I'd love to be here for the most important two weeks of this show, I'm going to have a good meal.
0: Well, the good news is that uh, we'll be very adequately serviced by the uh, the erudite tones of uh, Kent Bell, who's uh, over there. He's going to join us for Radiothon. We're looking forward to it. He's looking at me going, yeah, <laughs> thumbs up. He initially, looked like that was new going, to him. What? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Say what? No, he's coming. Right. You're, you're, you're in, the, in there, buddy. And uh, also, we've got Hardcase Harden is um, <laughs> going to come on. Michael Harden. Michael uh, Harden, food writer. Food writer extraordinaire, bon vivant and a little bit of a rat bag, and he would smile at that. And he has go, his... Uh, yes, I am.
1: very close to the pulse of the Melbourne food scene. Mm. He does. Which is uh, which is
0: good. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. And mm. uh, look, he's you know he gets it, and yeah. he'll be able to intonate why a triple R is important, as if we have to explain it to you, mm. which we will anyway. Mm. Uh, on today, today's food quote, what have we got? Uh, oh, it's kind of appropriate. Um, cough button. Um, (laughs) The only time to eat diet food is while you're waiting for the steak to cook, said Julia Child, sometime in her life of
1: 1912 and 2004. Note that, Richard. 1912 to 2004? She lived a long life. She did,
0: actually, Julia. She had a good innings.
1: is not what they always say when people...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, they had a good innings. They had a good innings. Um, And another thing, just another thing for... Richard Cornish, to note, Yes, is that in America, it is National Filet Mignon Day. Is it indeed? It is indeed, where the whole nation is transfixed on a tiny portion of meat that <laughs> comes from a large carcass, which proves the somewhat ridiculous notion of the way that we consume the meat. The
1: amount of wastage that, that creates. Geez, we're right on the, on the high horse today, Boom. aren't we? Yeah, jeez.
0: I'm getting a nosebleed up here. Um, what else is happening on on this day? 1899. Yes. <coughs> Alfred Hitchcock was born. When
1: 1899,
0: mm-hmm. right? And he was the son of um, a greengrocer.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he went on to do good things. <laughs> yes, he, he knew his way around the film set. That guy,
0: uh, yeah. Shaw, Shaw, yeah. Um, And uh, True Stainless Steel was cast for the first time in Sheffield, England on this day. Harry Braley and Thomas Firth and Sons discovered how to make the steel that doesn't rust. And that's... It's only just a, a little bit over 100 years we've had stainless steel. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like
1: a little narrowing of the... That's one of those narrowing of the eyeballs. And the food the reference, of course, is most of the knives in your kitchen would be made out of stainless steel.
0: And most of the, uh, the surfaces in most modern kitchens yes, that you that big, you prepare. is yes. it's, it's at surgical grade stainless steel. Yes. That, you know, it won't have bacteria. Oh, look, that's, uh, that's probably y- about it for what's going on.
1: You were going to talk about interesting... We should have done the Hitchcock thing last because it would have been a nice segue because you are going to talk about a film. I would love to talk about a film.
0: I had a very interesting experience yesterday that um, I went to the forum. Yes. Which has been transformed um, via... Because of MIF. Yes. Thank God for MIF. And thank God for Black Arts and Sparrows.
1: It's the Melbourne International Film Festival. Thank you. And Black Arts and Sparrows are wine purveyors of choice. (laughs) Yes, guy. I, I, I would mind. You're like the subtitle beautifully guy Beautifully to commercial radio today, <laughs> not I? Yeah. Thanks to our friends at Blackhearts and Sparrows.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, but they did. If you and it's still open. There's sort of this cafe sort of thing down there in the forum, which is one of the kookiest, most wonderful buildings in Melbourne. Mm. Moorish on the outside with minarets and yes. wacky, crazy, hallucinogenic sort of almost Athenian temple. Yes, on the inside. Um, and there was a bunch of us that saw a movie called Sour Grapes, and Sour Grapes, Sour Grapes, and indeed there were some Sour Grapes because it was sort of like this: it was a it was a scam mm. where it was sort of Schadenfreude on celluloid, where you saw <laughs> how some of the top one percenters, including one of the cock oh sorry the Coke brothers, oh, um, was ripped off by this unscrupulous person who was selling cases and cases of wines, top-end wines, wines that mere mortals like you and I yes. will probably never try, the Petrusas, the Comtes, the, you know, the Grand Crus of of many, many descriptions. Yes. Uh, and they were just being concocted by this guy. He was just making it up. Um, yeah, pretty much. Which, honestly was...
1: you reminded me of that scene in Black Books where Manny and Bernard make oh. the wine. <laughs> Needs more oak. Have you guys seen that? Have you watched
0: Black? I'm I'm sure you can get it on YouTube. Just dial it up. What, what, the Pope's wine or yeah,
1: something like that.
0: Oh my God! Maybe one of the funniest things in the world. But this was also a really really funny thing because, uh, literally, about
1: mm. Pumpy's on deck. Doctor Pump is in the house. He yeah. is indeed. And yeah. there's that
0: Pierre Roloff? I saw around it the
1: be, There he is, smiling.
0: It is Pierre Roloff. You are here. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, we should probably curtail this because we were going to.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but. It was basically about how food adulteration has taken place, yes. substitution is, isn't new. Yes. But what was we knew about this was it really was. It was like this guy, this Rudy, was sort of like the Gen X great Gatsby or maybe there was sort of things about like the emperor's new clothes mm. because he was concocting this one. When the FBI finally caught up with him, they broke into his house. Mm. And they found all these empty bottles and all these sort of like just labels everywhere and funnels. And, and he was. He was concocting this stuff and he was fooling all these people. I'm
1: actually surprised it doesn't happen more often, wouldn't you? Because it's such value in that top end. a lot of money. Well, there was, there was problems apparently with um, the Chinese uh, doing um, imposters of Grange. Yeah, right. And there's talk of having security features uh, built into it. Because not many people would really be able to definitively tell. If you did a good job, you go, "Oh, it's wine. It tastes nice."
0: Yeah, and and also a lot of the people have these people. Yes, these one percenters who have what they were calling, okay, cover the kids' ears. You ready? Covering the kids' ears. Yeah. Well, they're talking about, "Well, fuck you, money." Where you have they make so much money, it's just like, <laughs> oh well, you know. I mean, I got all these, i I'm a million bucks just to blow. What the hell? Yeah, right. You know, Let's get just, some wine in. I guess get some wine, and a lot of them didn't want to know. Yeah, that, um, you know their stuff. Anyway, we had a lovely time. We had a great panel discussion um, afterwards, which uh, I was lucky enough to lead with. Uh, Oh, all sorts of fabulous people. Max Allen, Patrick Walsh, Adam Cottrell, Belinda Thompson from Crawford River, Matt Harrop, big g'day to you. Um, I've missed someone and I apologize. Matt Harrop still at Shadowfax One? Sure is. Hey. He's a dude. It was great to see him. But anyway, I thought we had a a song which sort of summarised it all. I wanted to play it at the forum. But uh, uh, Bruce Mills from 3 R was manning the Wheels of Steel and playing some very wild, weird, so you, wonderful you didn't stuff. Want to
1: elbow the DJ out of the way.
2: And...
0: No way, man. But I'm you can not make up for that up. Brucey, right, right now. Right now. So here it is. This summarizes what happened. What a mess. Ah, uh, the Canby Market. Mm. What a lovely institution. Mm. And speaking of institutions, we've got Pierre Roloff's in the house. How's it going? It's the sweet institution. <laughs>
3: I normally have more time to um, get ready. I'm generally the last guest, but that's
0: you've repeated the same first word three times. I'm just looking at your preparation sheets, which is like a postage stamp. <laughs> uh, dessert studies, dessert evenings, dessert tubs. Okay, there we go. Let's. Uh, this your mastermind subjects. Triple D. If you <laughs> um, if you don't know who Pierre Roloff is, uh, Pierre is uh, one of the great the great interpreters of um of desserts in this town and his degustation desserts are legendary um and and rightly so rightly so i thought mythical legendary mythical <laughs> no you exist i see you i Thank do you. exist yeah Yes, I'm I mean, he does ears, flesh and blood, ladies and gentlemen. But um, you, is Milkwood still happening? Yeah, Milkwood's still going. Still going? Every Thursday from... Has um, Rupert Ones? Murdoch
2: come in?
3: He hasn't. Um, he never got back to the email. Well, he we just replied. hope that
0: Jerry Hall's going to kill him. No,
3: <laughs> sorry, no, I didn't say
0: that. Why did I... God, just stop it. Is it real? Is Ow. it real?
3: Why Why is that happening? Oh, I Yeah, look... Uh, anyway, back to research. desserts. Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cracked up, Matt. Not, <laughs> not <laughs> often we just, do that. Let's just get back to dessert, shall we? Yeah, let's yeah. Go. thank you, Matt. Yeah. Back on track. Um. Back on the
3: dessert tangent.
0: So across the road at Milk House, this is uh, across the road from 3RRFM, Nicholson Street. Couldn't get any closer. live Street, Street on the corner. You've been doing your degustations there. But what we wanted to talk about was um, the collaborations that you are seeking out.
3: Exactly, yeah. yeah. So the dessert studies are something that I've been... I'm doing for a couple of months now mm-hmm. um, and kind of uh, um, talking about the project, I guess, via Instagram and sharing the process. Because
0: um, how long have you been doing this for now?
3: Dessert studies I've been doing for uh, – sorry, the dessert evenings I've been doing for over six years. Six years. Pastry chef for around 23, 24 years.
0: A few footy seasons.
3: A few footy seasons. Yeah. So um, the dessert studies was an idea to, I guess, reach outside of my normal – um, circle
0: to get out of the comfort zone. Isn't yeah, exactly. It? Yeah. And
3: start looking for some new inspiration. I guess celebrate how creative Melbourne is. Because um,
0: how many? Okay, let's just go back. How many desserts have you created now? It's hundreds.
3: It's it's uh, three hundred and yeah, it, it's. Uh, Two hundred, f- I think I'm up to menu two hundred and fifty three. Yeah, wow. there's four courses on the menu. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> hey,
0: you, you do the maths. Folks. <laughs> so the idea to reach. So who are the first
3: collaborations you've reached out? So I've already worked with a um, architect called Andrew Maynard, and yes. I, I created a dessert called Tower Dessert that was based off a um, a tower house. I saw that. Yep, which um, which was really good fun. Mm. Um, I've worked with Michelle McIntosh, who is a, an author and illustrator. She recently put out our book. Uh, out a book called um care packages so i took that as an inspiration um i've worked with cindy lee davies from lightly and the next one will be with the Superad nail sisters hence the uh, <laughs> hence the painted fingernails which i'm really really enjoying
0: hey lucky like that
3: we will we'll, <laughs> we'll, we will we will tweet that photo will get mad got some, got some
1: finger bling it's good finger
3: bling yeah finger so bling. i went to see Sorry. them on on thursday they did my nails we had a chat i got to know them got to know the, more about their their story um I asked some strategic um, questions around favorite flavors and desserts etc. Wh- what
0: was the input what what came back and what do you think how are you going to sort of take I'm that th- on board and I'm
3: still I'm still working on it but um they have German heritage so they did mention the black forest ghetto and yep. Bienenstich or beesting which I don't know if you've... Oh, I've heard of beastie. Yeah, kind you of brioche that? bun, caramelised yes. almond topping. Yeah, yeah, um, really yummy. Yeah, through the middle. Oh, that's yeah. nice. So you they can do they stuff with like that. some of these things that their grandma had made.
0: And what about spice? You know, like spacula spice and things. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm putting words into their mouth, aren't they? I'm going... To There's
3: lie. got to be some gold in there. It's got to be a bling dessert, obviously, yes. to, to, to translate some of the... The colours and things that they've chosen to use on my nails. Um, so, I guess it's a, uh, yeah, it's it's the whole process is about getting to know them, seeing what they do, and having a conversation. And then from that, you just never know where where you'll get your inspiration. So, it's not going to be a physical reinterpretation of what they've done on my nails, obviously. It's
0: but it could be a simpatico tangent. That exactly, could be yeah. wonderful.
3: Yeah, you just never know where it'll go. I'm mm. going to try and rebuild. Um, what they've done into a deserve.
0: Now, Pierre, yeah, we're sort of getting towards the end of winter now. Uh, most of the, the blossoms out, So, plenty it's going to be
3: spring early, before now. It's, it's a bit too early, though, isn't it? Oh,
1: we say that every year. Man. It's not.
3: If that was winter, then... I'm pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that it was, though, completely.
0: Uh, it's it's funny. It's The uh, first thing you see is Magnolia. And yeah. And the great news is, for those that are just tuning in, that uh, Dirty Deeds will be returning back to the air in about half an hour's time, and you'll probably able to phone in about Magnolia and Cherry Blossom. But we're at the end of uh, a winter, and I'm just wondering, before we go and we get uh, Richard Cornish to talk about his year without meat, if you could tell us about what are some of the things that – the things you love towards the end of um of winter from a seasonal point of view
3: i guess i st- I, I just start to look at at summer and probably get a little bit ahead of myself so i,
0: I look forward to um, putting the cart before the horse there, yeah. Pierre. yeah it's probably way too yeah, early yeah, but
3: summer flavors <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> you, back off yeah. no,
3: there's no raspberries here all right i Let's know limes i mean limes are Limes are a nice tropical flavour.
0: Limes, you have to go see your bank manager to buy. Exactly. Yes. It,
3: I was saying to a friend the other day, you know, they're expensive when they bad, go to a per unit price. Yeah, bad time to and, want a margarita. And drop away from um, a kilo per kilo price. That's a, yes. fast, a bad sign.
0: Yeah.
3: I'm really happy at the moment that I'm getting lots of amazing backyard um, lemons.
0: The Myers? Sorry.
3: Yeah, yeah. My um. Lots of Myers. Um, My wife's parents, my parents-in-law, they do a great job of making sure I've got plenty of awesome
0: lemons that are coming from backyards. They haven't been waxed.
3: I'd love to know why they wax citrus fruit.
0: Because um, as Richard and I will discuss about, the supermarkets are not really interested in flavour. They are interested in shelf life and um, share Share price, so it's sealing it and prolonging health. prolonging life. Okay, it's the same thing about um, supermarket owners love the fact that you can hold a tomato from above your head and drop it and it doesn't break.
3: Yeah, that it can be transported and it's resilient. <laughs> While yeah.
0: Richard and I will talk about glutamates that are in, you know, um, a, a, a beautiful uh, tomato. Now, what about have you tried the Cara Cara orange? No, no,
3: that is awesome. Um, a good yeah,
0: next to John at the Queen Vic Market. Um, the chins uh, are there, and this is an orange that is uh, looks like a navel, but then you cut it open and the colour is like a ruby orange, uh, ruby grapefruit. Mm, great. Beautiful colour. Worth checking
3: out. Has it got some of that grapefruit flavour?
0: No, it's, no. A, it's a really delicious orangey flavour, like really, really bracing, yummy. Uh, you could probably do things with the peel. Blood oranges. What about blood oranges? You use them much?
3: I love them, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. They, they're good this time of year. I love
3: they? them. Yeah, that colour is, is, is amazing. I love grapefruit, but um, not everyone does. So using grapefruit in a dessert can, can be a little bit uh, risky.
0: I just like the French word for it. Pomp-le-nous. Pomp-le-nous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, that is <laughs> grapefruit. All right, well, um, so the good news is that um, milkwood is still happening. Milkwood's still happening. And you're also this um, talk uh, of uh, you creating tubs so people don't have to come to... Exactly. ...a so, so when tab- are they going to be available and where?
3: Um, they'll be available within the, the next couple of weeks. They'll be avail- available for catering predominantly. Mm. I'm actually going to drop some off here on... Um, Friday for the radiothon oh, volunteers. So I think it's going to be Sunday. They're going to get some. Well, I'll put a couple extra with your name on it. There's going to uh, be some, um, yeah. some some breakfast um, dessert tubs on. Are oh, you a good Friday good for, man, the, um, for the volunteers? And I'm giving away fifty as part of my um, radiothon prize. Oh, that's one of the. Yes, yeah, it is yeah,
0: indeed. Yeah. Right. So PM, look out for them. Thank you very very much. Awesome, thank you. Now Thanks. we were we were thinking. I, I've been banging to you. I don't know why I've got on this tangent, but I was. Uh, Imagining a dessert night in the performance space um, suitably decked out and dessert is served and an oral pleasure zone happens around us because mm. we have this people playing. Anyway. Food for thought. Dr Zhivago and the Pierre Roloff off experience. Let's do it. Could be kind of good. Could be cool. Could be kind of good. Here's something great song for driving. As you're going down the highway. And 3 R, Richard Cornish on next. That's right, it is the Jewel and the Junkie, and Radiothon is coming so you can put your money where your ears are. Yeah. And we'd love to see that, but uh, it gives me great pleasure to introduce and welcome to the microphone and the airwaves of Melbourne, and wherever you're listening, Richard Cornish.
4: It's like a party in here. Oh yeah. It is, I'm watching right. you guys are jumping right. around, pointing, yeah. everywhere, yeah. pontificating. Almost, it's almost like there's a Good Morning Vietnam uh, soundtrack going in the, back, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching, this, like, there's people out there, famous people, really yes. talented people, yes. sitting in the green room. This is like an old fashioned um, Don Lane show without the coffee table. It's yes! Like, I'm, it's I'm, sensational. Oh, here's Moonface. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. And um, I know I'm going back to Wild World of Sport with the Patra orange juice, but. Um, you've embarked on a journey it's been a long journey it's been a long and winding road
4: yes i
0: uh, there've been bumps yes. along the way richard yes yes this is your life okay like okay a book um a fabulous book a treatise uh may you without meat what was the genesis of this
4: uh i confirmed carnivore we grew up with a lot of meat we had a, a most people, you know, what they have like a pool room. They have, they have a ping pong room, a pool. Yes. We had a freezer full of meat, and, that oh, okay, was, and that's why. We, and when we were growing up, that was that. What we got a lot of people. A lot of bit of rural poverty down the Mornington Peninsula, and people because you're in Red Hill, you were yeah. in
0: you're in the apple growing area yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Moreton.
4: Yeah, yeah, just, just over just We're actually in Shoreham overlooking Point Leo, Magn- right. magnificent place and a great place to raise animals. And we had we thought nothing of um, knocking one on the head to feed the family. And a bloke would come down and he'd. um uh, take out his well-oiled twenty-two out of a uh, out of a towel, and, and he'd knock one over, and uh, and that would and and, and before sort of, they knew it, he would knock they, them over. Before yeah. they knew it, um, it was an assassination more than anything. That there was yeah. light in instant, and there was darkness once more. And mm. that and I grew up, you know, um, pulling animals apart, and, you know, taking skins off them, and looking at all the organs, and being, you know, really comfortable with that. That to me wasn't it was just a part of growing up. And so, so to me, just like meat was always normal. And eating a lot of it was normal, mm. um, but it, but actually it was something when I moved from the country to the city that I took that with me. I took that uh, that as part of my identity, ethos, ethos. Yeah, who am. Here we are, what you eat. And I ate a lot of meat, and, and um, in the we start the book starts. I knew that, I I think it's, um, I knew I had a problem with meat when I found myself eating, um, a a shoulder of lamb out on, on, on one of my Hilux. It was the Hilux incident. (laughs) It (laughs) was the Hilux game. We've heard
0: of, we've heard of the Oxbow incident. This is the Hilux incident where, um, you couldn't resist this thing and you ended up just pretty much nosing into this shoulder (laughs) of lamb, uh, while a concerned group of school children
4: were sort of peering through the windows at this, how did you scrape yourself? <laughs> a large middle-aged man <laughs> with a problem with meat. <laughs> yes. um, the, the, yes, the, Matt, the lamb was cooked. It wasn't raw. Yes, dude, right. A, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's really funny how things get out of control with this. We discussed this on, on, um, ABC, uh, a week or so ago, mm. and someone thought, that I was referring to a, a raw leg of lamb. And they, uh, they got incredibly offended and thought, how on earth could this happen? And they got, and they got very, very caught up in social media calling me a liar and, and, and that it's, it's rubbish. How could anyone, why would anyone have lamb in their car? And the funny thing is, to, to me, say, it, take the that, ball that was, and run with it, pal. <laughs> that, that was cooked. I often have <laughs> yeah, whole, 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 whole lambs. My mate Richard McGill, from, from, uh, from Gumbawa comes up. Hey, corn dog, got some of the gingo for you, mate. And like, there you got this amazing whole lamb in the back of falcon that we're exchanging in the the casino car park you know (laughs) this is my life as a meat eater so it changed
0: and this was because of a a meeting that you had with your your editor jane
4: jane jane wilson she's now now Hardy grant
0: Um, and where you
4: first of all said well okay i'll commit to how long without meat I said sort i of go, i sort of go, uh, 30 days a month. Yeah. Um, and we'd enough. Like, Yeah, and we, and we published the story and, went, and um, I found a few things, feuds and pieces and um, I bumped into Stephanie, Stephanie Alexander and she said, Richard, Richard. Where are you getting your protein from, Richard? Yeah. yeah. The, the stern look of, oh, of... I love Stephanie. She is yes. she's instrumental. But there's no woman in Australia who can purse her lips like Stephanie. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And narrow the eyes at you <laughs> as well. Because that's the, that's the one, two of the move. Yeah. One is the pursed lips and then there's the
4: narrowing of the eyes. I always feel like I've stolen a book from a library. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she, but she, did, but she actually wrote the foreword for the book. Um, she's a huge influence on on, on me and, my, and and people in Melbourne. Well, I didn't Australia. get to, this one didn't get it forward. No, you, you've, <laughs> you've got the uncorrected proof. The, yeah. You've got the one that's got the redacted bits in it. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like reading a
4: CIA piece. There's all these bits cut kind of, the, up. So the, the lawyers had gone through that and taken people's names out. I saw them. <laughs> I saw and
0: I recognised one of the names too. Oh, it was really? Something about a, 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 a meat breeders. Um okay. but. Okay so we haven't got a lot of time Richard and there's a lot to cover and I, I, the the fact was that this turned into no we're not going to do a month I'm going to do a year and uh, yeah you had and and people turned
4: against you that was one of the first things that you noticed uh, the, the month became a year, and then I, for the first time, understood uh, life from a vegetarian's point of view. Yes. Just, just how um, puerile the discussion in, in Australia is around vegetarianism and veganism. Pure. It, it's yeah, pure. It is yeah. really, really basic, it, it, it's almost na- uh, schoolyard name-calling. Yeah. Uh, there's all disparaging terms for vegetarians, and, and chefs are some of the worst as well, some of the, the language they use about vegetarians.
0: Yeah, like the question, uh, what, do you, what do you give uh, a vegetarian when he asks for an option? Contempt.
4: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, boom. I'll be here until Thursday. Yes. Um, enjoy, enjoy the tofu. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Try and the that, tofu. And that, and that, and that, The. the, the it was just this horrible barrage of insults. Yes. Of unthought out humour. It wasn't even like, there wasn't even constructed gags. It was simply shtick. It was shtick, yeah. It was shtick that people throw at you. So, yeah, so people, uh, Australians don't have a very uh, good understanding of being able to cope with vegetarianisms and vegans. And there's a whole lot of people on um, listening to the radios going, bang, 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 uh, throwing a whole lot of reasons why, mm. without actually thinking about it. Yes, and that's what I actually had to think about it. For Knee-jerk the
0: reactions. Yeah,
4: so there was that. We understood that. I also understood nutrition for the first time. I had to actually go and explore. Um, how to how to actually feed myself and the science behind it, mm. um, looking at where, where amino acids come from and how they work and glutamic acid. Uh, glutamic acid. Whoa, that's big, man. I'm mean, I mean, actually actually doing uh, research into gl- glutamic acid and amino acids, yes. And found out that there was actually glutamic acid, uh, oxygen, uh, oxygen and, and water, uh, are found on meteorites that hit the Earth. Uh, there's a story in there about the Murchison meteorite, which hit the Earth in the summer of '68. It was the no, it doesn't work. No. Yes, and uh, and uh, if you licked that meteorite, it would taste yummy because we are hardwired to taste glutamic acid and and the, the, which is found in meat. Because that's
0: one of our, um,
4: it's a hardwired part of our survival, is it not? I think, yep. as you say in the book, yep. Sugar, salt, we need those to live. Yes, and we're hard, we're hardwired to detect it on our tongue. Yes.
0: So this is the, the thing that you had to go into this at, at a great.
4: Um a great
0: depth, and you. One of the first things you said was, well, "Okay, I've got to probably understand what proteins are." Yeah. And then you did. You looked up about you know uh, glutamic acid, which we sort of see as uh, the umami flavors yeah. that you yeah. get from things like tomatoes, parmesan cheese, and, and stuff right. like that. But what were your inspirations? Because you you had to go, okay, we've got to we've got to rethink the things and. You went back
4: to the classics. Went back to the first? classics. Went back to the classics. Uh, uh, let's say ethnic foods. Is he using apostrophical fingers <laughs> and yeah. uh, quotation fingers? Quotation fingers. And and then the classics: are French cooking, Italian cooking. They all start off with that base. The Spanish miyepoir, cooking. Sofrito, sofrito, um, in Italian and Spanish. Yes. And so there's this base where you actually cook. Start off with perhaps onion, tomato. Uh, pepper in, in, in Spanish or in mm. French, it's celery. peppers. Yeah, yes. peppers. in in, um, in in French, it's a celery, uh, carrots, mm. an onion, a little bit of garlic. And as you cook them down, add a little wee bit of salt, and you cook it down, the the the, the flavour intensifies because you're getting rid of the water and your the the ratio of the existing glutamates. In that, in that food is becoming greater and greater and higher and higher the more you reduce it down. Yeah. By nurturing it and slowly cooking it down, you're creating a really, really strong flavoursome base that tastes just incredibly delicious.
0: And you spoke to a couple great chefs. You got some great uh, inspirations
4: from going, a few people. You're going quite the Roman Capaldi bit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got it here. <laughs> <laughs> Roman Capaldi. Um, who talks about his butternut soup and how? What a lovely recipe yeah. it is! Uh, it, it involves a thermomix, it involves goat cheese, and it involves a lot of swearing. Thinks groundskeeper Willie, but with a great big huge head. I
4: think Peter Capaldi out of the thick of it, in, in the loop. You know the the, um, the, the BBC yes. political comedy. Yes, just a Scotsman just swearing at you, and it's, <laughs> and he's just passing on a recipe, and it's, it makes complete sense in
0: a way. It's brilliant. But used different words. No, but I, what I did also like was um, well, there was the treatise by Matt Wilkinson, who's a you know bit of a bit of a hero of both of us. I think we could probably say
4: Matt declared that most chefs were lazy, and well, he declared that most chefs were lazy and ignorant. Absolutely. But then one
0: of the things that, but then he backed it up with um, with logic, and he says that chefs use animal protein as a crutch. They will finish a meat dish with jus, which is basically super-concentrated, broken-down protein, yep. protein uh, brackets, amino acid. It tastes very, very nice and is all very yummy. But try to get most chefs to be able to deliver that amount of flavour on the plate without using meat, and they
4: won't be able to. Why? Because they can't. Because they're uh-huh. like that. Man, that's it lays and ignorant. and that's his point. Okay.
0: And, uh, but, and then you had a chat to Jacques Raymond, and he said... And this is a man who truly understands flavour and foods and techniques, agreed? Yes. Yeah. That's yes. Dorothy Dixer, isn't it, really? But he was talking about, um, oh, sorry, vegetables and the fact that they, uh, they these are containers of water, and this is the thing you have to understand about them.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's, and he's explaining how to um, how to in various techniques and how to release the water away from the vegetable yes. without, but without releasing the flavour or the nutrient. It. And so he has all these different techniques to approach a vegetable to be a, excuse me to be able to withdraw um, water from it, like get, getting a celeriac and, and wrapping it in. Um,
0: I want and to salt. try that.
4: I'm wrapping it in salt. Have you done it? And um, sl- slowly cooking it down, yes. It, and, and just so it becomes so intense and so delicious. It is, it, it's transformational. It's almost transubstantiation.
0: And the, one of the, the really beautiful things is that folks out there, Richard uses words good. Um, he, he kind of writes that well, and you just get this whole feeling about Jacques Ramond, who's giving this elucidation as to the properties of vegetables, and then he's suddenly drawn away into this thing of this, this thought of the flavors of the celeriac in, in the
4: salt, and it's, it's quite beautiful, isn't it? Oh, Jacques Ramond is a great person to, to speak with, and he has such strong ideas that all you have to do is to, um, you know, just with, tap. Yeah, and just, just tap away while he's talking. Yeah. And, and there it comes. The question is, no, yes, I am back on the meat. Mm. And uh, that sounds like yeah, as people say, oh, you're, you're back on the meat. You're back on the smack or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 you're back okay. on it. Well, if it is an addiction, I, I, at one stage I was contemplating putting on some hamon patches, like nigger bait, uh, yes. onto, my, on, onto my arm. Because this was the thing that brought you undone. Some said it might have been bacon. Bacon was always, I used to go out with a vegetarian and she said that bacon was a spice. Yes. And, uh, there is an argument for that. Um, completely false argument. <laughs> <laughs> yes, spurious. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, but I, w- I went to Spain, had to do a book with Frank Camora and there we were confronted with them on and there was a very good place to, to, to reintroduce myself to meat. I don't eat a lot these days, but only a little bit of the best. Farmers markets, etc. A little bit of ethical meat. That's it.
0: And it is, it it gets back to that book by Cherry Ripe so many years ago, Rethinking the Centre of Your Plate. Mm.
4: Good old Cherry Ripe.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wonder where she's, I haven't heard from her for a long time. But congratulations on this book. It is such a great read. Uh, There are some beautiful recipes in it that I'm sorry we didn't get to actually talk to you about. You want to stick around for a drink? Uh, Seb's yeah, in the house.
4: He's got his own chin. It's it's, I just uh, had a wee um, preview. It is sensational.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, it's really good. All right, so yeah. it's 12.49. We've got a little bit of time with Sebastian. One more
4: time, my year without meat. Richard Cornish, how much? Uh, $29.95. Oh, and, that's uh, right. Melbourne University Publishing. took three years to write, but that's all right.
0: Yeah. Well, um, congratulations. It's a great read, and it's quite inspiring, and um, it certainly made me rethink some of the things that I do.
4: Thank you for inviting me into the studio.
0: Come back soon. Love to. All right. Do you got that? We're getting into that yeah. in writing. Totally. 12.50 here on 3 FM. We're going to just go and grab Seb, Bastion, Rayborn. God, I'm getting over familiar, aren't I? Um, here on 3 R, and we'll be talking about his brand new chin. Hey,
4: look at my glass
0: over there. Oh, sorry, Jimmy. What
4: sort, of
0: what sort of drink you want? What
4: sort of drink you want? Make it a double. Yeah. Right, somebody else sing? Somebody to drink. Let's drink. Cheers. Cheers,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Sebastian's got a new child. <laughs> Hi,
2: Sebastian. Hey Cam. Was, hey, it, was it a
0: difficult birth? God, it looks like it might
4: have been...
2: Well, it's, I guess it's still... It's still going. <laughs> really? Yeah. So we're oh. we're what we're what we're looking at here is actually the uh, still in the experimental stage. Yes. So we're um, me and my wife Dove. We've been mm. working on it together. Yes. Um, for those who don't know, she's a scientist and finished her PhD this year, and so she's putting a lot of that. Brain to work for applying good. the scientific method. <laughs> if only method she to
0: used her powers for good. Well, she she <laughs> no, now she is. she's
2: using it. She's using it for gin. Yes, and um, putting putting a lot of that scientific method onto, uh, you know, I guess you know I've been in the industry so long. So what I know about gin and mm-hmm. flavors and all of that stuff, and and giving a little bit of rigor. to uh, the, rigor. To, to a bartender. So, yes. But yeah. This is this is iteration number five, actually. Yes. Um, and we. You know, we did quite a lot to get even to iteration number one, but then this is what we like to think of, that the heart of the gin is correct. The heart of and the gin. And now we, we still have uh, a few layers we're adding to just bring in a couple of little highlights to, to make it pop and to bring it to life a little more.
0: Because we've been, we've been a part of your career now for a, um, a few years now, and it's been an absolute delight to see how it's gone that you've... From patron, you know, bar, bartender of the year, patron working for the big company, seeing how that works, and now you are, as we were calling it, what was the
1: distiller in residence. Yes. We
0: well, was I, I was going to go with the living in a Garrick the, above <laughs> the...
1: chief <laughs> distilling officer, the CDO. Yes. <laughs> CDO. <it>. Yes. <laughs>
2: CDO. Love <laughs> it. And, and look, this is this is what it. You know, mm. this is what we're doing at Craft and Co. Is to be. An incubator so you know we we um we're testing it by doing it Mm. you know so uh, we're the first brand to be born at craft and co and we've we've just sort of launched our crowdfunding to get that first batch out there but it's about what's happening in the industry Mm. and there is it's so vibrant people want to drink australian spirits they want to make australian spirits and you know when you think that in 1991 it was illegal mm. to have a small Nothing. still, yeah. you know, and then
0: except for maybe some Italians had got it from someone they knew, and that
2: <laughs> under the table, you know? yes. And in 1992, yes. Bill Lark, you know, gets the law changed. Yes, and it all slowly begins, mm. and and now it's. You know, I, I look at it and I look at our, you know, the, the post mining economics of Australia, and think this is, this is the sort of stuff we need to be making and we need to be sharing it with the world. That makes sense. You know, I, I, you know, when people say, you know, jobs and growth, I think jobs, growth and gin. And <laughs> gin! That's it.
0: <laughs> that, that, that makes sense. And it's, uh, and it's better than just digging holes in the ground, isn't it, really? So tell us what's in this baby.
2: So, it's called Artemis. Artemis. And it's was she one of the three musketeers? She was uh, the Greek <laughs> goddess of, of purity. And oh, bloody hell. The wilderness. I need to go back more. Yeah, and nature, yeah, long, long way back.
0: Whoa, foxy paws, Camerooni. <laughs> so, do that again. So, Artemis is who?
2: So, she's uh, the, the ancient Stop Greek goddess so much, of uh, purity, <laughs> a wilderness, yes. uh, the mountains, nature, um, and she was a huntress and protector of animals. Oh, so, so
0: who was the one of the know? chase? There was the. the oh, she the, was within the other that side. sort of realm. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah got it. Yeah,
2: okay. Um, uh, within the Roman mythology, her name became Di- Diana. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That was Diana. Yeah. yeah, that was the Diana. So she's, the, she's the huntress. You know, it was. was okay. Uh,
0: nothing to do with Victor Hugo, then. Okay, right. No, but, right. Uh, but it's and nothing also to do with the clone either. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> but it's also. Uh, it is the botanical Artemisia, which is, well, where absence gets its name, but it's also yes. where vermouth gets its name. And it's it the really? primary flavour in vermouth. And anyone who loves gin knows that, you know, a gin martini doesn't exist without vermouth. A Negroni doesn't exist without no. vermouth. So no. we really took our cue on our gin recipe by looking towards both England in terms of juniper, but then Italy the in terms London, of the
0: London So, so it's, uh, uh, sitting between the the whole notion of the London dry. Yep. And something simpatico, if we're going to be going this way,
2: with the Negroni and the other things. That's that's it exactly. Si. And and all about you know juniper first. That's really okay. What so out.
0: juniper first. Yep. And this is one of the things. Look, I'll just you know this out there. I know you do, folks. But I'll just state the obvious. Gin is interesting in that it is one of the the few spirits that have flavours added to it and it becomes a symphony.
2: Well, it, it's the true bartender or chef's spirit because yes. you you take botanicals and you can get them from all sorts of places. I mean, you know, we're using a, a couple of different eucalypt that we have found locally and um, you, you bring those flavours together and you, you layer them so in the same way that a, that a chef would be seasoning stock you know it's it's exactly the same thing i sort of make a joke that distilling is is making soup but you collect the steam rather than what's left in the pot that's good and uh, and it's what flavours That's good we both are really yeah, yeah. Steam. and unlike a Collecting great the soup when you you layer in those different flavours that's when you get that beautiful feeling of sort of you know you've got you feel content like all the flavours have been touched you've, you've felt all those different flavours there Well, if
0: we go back to the 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 very very great Neil Perry, um, who uh, wrote a book which was called Balance and Harmony, and that is in Caspulite. You know, whether it's cooking or what you're doing there, this is what you're looking for in this glass. So you've got two eucalypts. Two eucalypts. we're, We're not overthinking. When you think eucalyptus. Uh, most of us think of I don't know maybe the the, the bottle of Bazisto's that we yeah, use to, yeah, yeah. to clean them. I don't know whatever it is. It's a great solvent, but this is different. You've
2: so <laughs> so we picked um, the the eucalypt that we're using at the moment is uh, citronata, which has mm. and also radiata. So both of those are very very low in the traditional intense eucalyptus mm. and very high in high in a uh, flavour volatile called pineal. So pineal is the dominant flavour in juniper. Yes. So it also occurs in eucalyptus. So the eucalyptus is there not to give you flavour of eucalyptus, but to boost the juniper. To link to link back and to connect them and to and you know it's so at the heart of what we're doing it's really about artemisia juniper and eucalyptus with then a lot of the traditional you know uh, oris root angelica coriander you're feeding into that and then some australian finger lime sebastian when's it going to be available
0: and um, and if people want to get in on the the crowdfunding of this what are they going to do so
2: we're, we're on possible artemis gene on possible as of we, we just launched it, so yeah. uh, so it's pretty pretty fresh, mm. and um, we've got our first commercial batch, which will be in the second week of September down at Craft & Co, 390 Smith Street. You'll well, not have to come down when you and, make uh, it. That's it. Wander, wander past. we are going to. do. We're going to do our first batch on a weekend, so people can come and be part of it and enjoy a drink with us, but like I said... This is, you know, the model here is about bringing new people into the industry and to show and to, I guess, make a path to say, if you want to make something, come and Come and do it. Have a chat with us. That's it.
0: So, if uh, people that uh, pledge money are possible, what do they get out of it? They get they booze. get they get gin. That's they get good. Great gin. That's um, good. <laughs> uh, we yeah, did have Richard's uh, got his thumbs up for that yeah, one.
2: We did have two distilling days, but one's already already gone. Yes, and we do have a couple of um, uh, our, our sort of big pledge. There is that we'll we'll come round to your house and make cocktails for you and all your friends. <sighs> you got to buy a few bottles. Everyone's that, a, but, everyone's uh, a winner, <laughs> baby. It, uh, all, all of batch one is sold like that. So.
0: Okay, that sounds great. Um, Sebastian, thank you for coming in. Thank it's you been camp. a joy to see you. Richard Cornish, a joy to see you. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the book. Um, he hasn't got a microphone because the weird thing with the platform <laughs> souls has been <laughs> taken out. Um, I'm going to be uh, Lily Black, so Iron Bartender. Are you coming along Fantastic with Fantastic.
1: I am. Tonight.
0: Are oh, you coming along? Yeah. It's a medieval theme. So, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. People can just go to that, right? I think so they, they if, do. They so should just, just go. To so if you're free they,
0: though, they should because it's just it's an amazing industry. If you're free United,
1: tonight in Melbourne, it was like that whenever the
2: hell it is. Myers place, Myers place, yeah. and, secret uh, bartenders business.
0: And if you want to see why I call all bartenders pirates, uh, you will see why because it's a great time for them to let their hair down. What's on next, Matt? <laughs> uh,
1: Dirty D. Dirty D's Coming up on Sunday lunch. We're back in the time capsule for hey! another week. It's awesome.
0: We wave to them. Uh, we'll see you all next week for Radiothon, but. Not Matt. No, because he's going to be I'm sending us nice dispatches meal. from Bray. <laughs> Lucky duck. One o'clock here on 3RRRFM. Look forward to seeing you next week.
1: You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3 r 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at
0: rrr.org.au.